0: Blob Talk Radio I enter the Holy of Holies I enter through the blood of the Lamb I enter Let the truth of your kingdom reign in us, let the way
1: all right before we jump into today's prophecy update i want to take a moment and pray concerning the search and rescue effort for the 12 missing marines um brian right i'm so glad to see you (laughs) uh you are in and with this uh uh, helicopter or is that lonnie Lonnie is. Oh, you're not. And Lonnie wasn't there.
2: Thank you, Lord.
1: Waxer Tipton uh, texted me yesterday from One Love and asked me if there were any of uh, these Marines that were in our fellowship. And I didn't have all the names until just this morning. And then I saw a Brian on the list, but I know you're from San Diego. And he, uh, there is a Brian. He's from uh, Philadelphia. And uh, I also looked for Lonnie's name, but uh, thankfully... Uh, None were from this fellowship, but sadly, and I know you've heard the reports of this uh, helicopter collision off the North Shore. It was uh, late Thursday evening, and according to the reports, there were uh, a total of 12 Marines who were missing. Thankfully, it's still a search and rescue uh, operation. Uh, We're still holding on uh, to hope, but uh, Thursday night, late Thursday night, the helicopters failed to return to. Uh, the Kaneohe Bay uh, Marine Base here. Um, Fox News has reported that uh, choppy waters have hampered the search efforts. Uh, this morning I was uh, reading some additional uh, reports and uh, they mentioned not only the choppy waters and the high surf, but uh, worse yet, lasers. Have you heard about this? And Uh, If I'm not mistaken, they actually had to land a helicopter that was searching uh, for the Marines because of a laser, and if that's the case, uh, that almost seems deliberate. And it's certainly very possible that it might have been the cause of the collision of these two CH-53E helicopters. So um, anyway, maybe I can talk with you afterwards, uh, Brian, if, if that's okay. Um what I did was uh actually yesterday, um I I was only able to find six names. They hadn't released all twelve. And I I printed out a list of uh all twelve, their names, and they're uh there on the information table. I'd really encourage you to uh pick one up before you leave today and please uh pray for these uh, men. Uh, You know, it is possible that they're still alive. I know that uh, it's, um, you know, with each passing day, becoming less and less likely, but God, right? But God. So I just want to acknowledge these names, if you don't mind. Uh, Major Sean M. Campbell, 41 years old, College Station, Texas. Captain Brian T. Kennedy, 31, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Captain Kevin T. Roche, 30, St. Louis, Missouri. Captain Stephen R. Torbert, 29, Florence, Alabama. Uh, Sergeant Dylan J. Semolina, 24, Chaska, Minnesota. Sergeant Adam C. uh, Scholler, 25, Gardner's, Pennsylvania. Sergeant Jeffrey A Sempler 22 Woodruff uh, South Carolina these are young men Sergeant William J Turner 25 Florala Alabama uh, Corporal Matthew R Drone 23 Spring Texas Corporal Thomas J Jardis 22 Fort Myers Florida Corporal Christopher J Orlando 23 Hingham Massachusetts Lance Corporal Ty L. Hart 21, Almsville, Oregon Uh, Please until we hear otherwise let's pray that all 12 of these uh, men are alive and found Um, and uh, also let's pray for their families let's pray for the uh, search efforts as well if you would join with me Lord thank you that we can come to you in times like this and petition your throne for requests like this. Lord, I uh, would ask that, first of all, that saw will stop, whoever's doing that. In the... Lord, I want to pray that every single one of these men will be found alive. Lord, I pray that you would just guide the search effort to the very location in which they will be found. Lord, I pray that they're still alive by faith. That's our prayer, that they're still alive and that they'll be found today. Found today, Lord. That not another day goes by. I pray that you would calm the ocean there off of Haleiva so that it's more visible and easier to search. Lord, I pray for the families of these men and the friends, those close to these men. Lord, I I pray that you will comfort their hearts and encourage their hearts and strengthen their hearts. And Lord, I thank you for our men and women in uniform. Thank you for those who serve our country. Lord, I pray for their protection, that you would encamp around about them with your heavenly host, your angelic host. Protect them, Lord, from harm and from danger. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay, today is another one of those prophecy updates where I'm going to need to kindly ask that you bear with me as i try to sort through all that's happening it's been another one of those super busy weeks prophetically and not only with everything that's happening but that everything that is happening is happening at breakneck speed it's just mind-boggling what we're going to do is work our way backwards starting with yesterday and The breaking news that Pastor Saeed Abedini was freed as one of the hostages in Iran. Uh, Praise the Lord for this after three and a half years. Yes, a lot of people. um, They're calling it a prisoner swap. Uh, I reject that. These are not prisoners. These are hostages held by Iran and they were finally freed after all of this time and after much prayer jay seculo who's been really involved in this from the beginning posted an article in which he says that for more than three years pastor saeed a u.s citizen has endured imprisonment in iran we can now officially confirm that pastor saeed has been freed in addition there are reports that three other americans imprisoned in iran have also been released we're grateful for the millions of people who have stood with us in our ongoing efforts both in this country and abroad to secure his release. We have worked and prayed that this day would finally arrive and now Pastor Saeed can return home. Pastor Saeed's wife, Nagmeh, responded, this has been an answer to prayer. This is a critical time for me and my family. We look forward to Saeed's return and want to thank the millions of people who have stood with us in prayer. During this most difficult time, we will continue to bring you updates as we are able. Please share this amazing news and continue to pray in earnest for Pastor Saeed and his family, uh, Sekulo asks. Um, And and let's do that. We need to continue to uh, remember uh, Saeed in in prayer and the others uh, as well. Um, as I was leaving this morning they were uh, just about to uh, deboard the plane that they were on and so I didn't uh, get to see it I'm sure it will be replayed this afternoon now praise the Lord for this and certainly we want to rejoice in this answered prayer however I'm sorry but there is a however I would suggest that Not only should he and the others as well have never been held hostage, it should have never taken this long for the United States to get them home. Moreover, and again, we can surely praise God for this, but uh, one has to wonder what kind of a deal was made in order to do this. Alan B. West Had an interesting and insightful post that he titled, Iran Releases Four American Prisoners, but here's what the media won't tell you. At least three of the four Americans released Amir Hekmati, Pastor Saeed Abedini, Jason Rezian were illegally held on trumped up charges by the militant Islamic regime of Iran. They were, in essence, used as bargaining chips. There are reports emanating from sources such as Reuters that America is releasing some six to seven Iranians guilty of crimes, not the insidious charges of espionage Iran used against our citizens. Furthermore, one just has to ask, how did the recent episode with our sailors, who were publicly humiliated by the Iranians, come into play here, And we know Iran's belligerence to our sailors was dismissed by John Kerry, who stated Iran doesn't have to abide by the Geneva Convention since they are not at war with us. Depends on what your definition of is is. Then again, what difference at this point does it make? There is one good thing. At least we are not getting back a deserter. West goes on to say, and I want to touch on this in a moment. All of this is occurring as Iran looks to flood the international market with its oil resources, adding to the plunging oil prices that are having an adverse effect on our industry and our market. Again, hold on to that. I want to uh, come back to that in, in a moment. A couple of thoughts here. The first of which has to do with the propaganda. I hope you know what propaganda is. It's misleading the masses via the powerful delusion, especially as it relates to the sailors captured by Iran. Um, Sadly, the mainstream media is spinning this as a demonstration of diplomacy, as evidenced by this Huffington Post headline, that bastion of conservative reporting, (laughs) the Huffington Post. This was their headline. Iran's quick release of the American sailors is diplomacy at work. Wow, what a spin. That is brilliant. Now, contrast that liberal media post here in the U.S. with this one from the Jerusalem Post in Israel. Former Pentagon official to post Iran humiliating U.S. with no consequences. You would hardly recognize that they were reporting on the same n- news story. And notice the Jerusalem Post to their credit, unlike the Huffington Post to their shame, cites a cred- credible Pentagon official. There's no mention of any official high-ranking official with the Huffington Post. It is pure propaganda. Propaganda is deception, and this is that deception. I couldn't watch anymore the TV. um, I can't watch anymore, and I've shared this uh, CNN. I just learned this last week, as I'm sure some of you heard, Al Jazeera after three years, is going dark, shutting down. Um, Well, I better not say it. Anyway, um, I have several screens in my office, and I have, you know, local uh, uh, stations. I have uh, uh, other cable news stations, and I have Fox News. And sometimes I'll, just for fun, whenever I need to get my blood pressure up, I'll take and I'll put CNN on one and Fox on the other, And, um, you know, the the ticker tape down below, they're covering the same story, and you would think you were on two different planets with the spin that CNN puts on it and uh, the uh, report that uh, Fox News has on the very same story. Um, Again, I, I hope you know what propaganda is. This is pure and simple propaganda. Now this whole thing with the Iranian uh, capture of our sailors. Uh, And I know that you probably saw the images. I I can't look at them, and I will never uh, put them on the screen for that reason. But our our, our sailors are on their knees with their hands above their head with guns pointed at their head. And you're, you're telling me that's diplomacy? On what planet is that based in any reality? Excuse me? What's really interesting is, this all happened on Tuesday, prior to the President's State of the Union address, in which the President made absolutely no mention of said sailors. Not one mention. To add insult to injury, The president did, however, mention the insulting of Muslims, as well as the vandalizing of Islamic mosques, conspicuously absent from his delusional speech, and it was delusional, one quipped, it wasn't the state of the union, it was the state of denial. conspicuously absent from this stunning speech was any mention of the wholesale slaughter of Christians and Jews by Muslims. Quoting the president, when politicians insult Muslims, we know who that's directed at. When a mosque is vandalized, I guess it happened one time. Or a kid bullied. That doesn't make us safer. That's not telling it like it is. It's just wrong. It diminishes us in the eyes of the world. Um well maybe I'll No, I'll share it now. <laughs> I'm often criticized for my posture toward the president of the United States. And I can only say that I'm not first and foremost anti-Obama. I'm first and foremost anti-anyone who is anti-Christian and anti-Jew and anti-America an said I've had people walk out of this church when I talk about the president like I'm talking about the president today and there was a day when I was younger more immature where that used to get to me but now it doesn't get to me I, I say this in love I simply pray for them I simply pray for them. I have to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Because one day I will give an account for what I said from this pulpit at this wonderful church that I have the privilege to pastor on Sunday mornings. I feel better. Thank you for indulging me on that. (laughs) The second thought has to do with the aforementioned flooding of the global market with Iranian oil adding to plunging prices. On Tuesday, Zero Hedge published an article titled, Forget $20 Oil, Stan Chart says Prices Could Fall as Low as $10 a Barrel. Now, at first glance, wow, cheaper gas prices, even in Hawaii. That's great, praise the Lord. Not so fast. In the interest of time, I will simply share the conclusion of this must-read article, which is this, spoiler alert, this is very, 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 very bad. Did I say very? Where I come from, they say very bad, very, very bad, very bad. (sighs) On Thursday... Market Watch reported that $3.2 trillion with a T had been wiped off the global stock markets so far this year, and that was as of Thursday, and we saw what happened on Friday, and we'll see again what's going to happen on Tuesday with Monday being a holiday. I'm reading a lot of articles on this, um, not because I'm in the stock market. I do have a stock portfolio, which is pff, very bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. The Lord blessed blessed it, and I was able to, you know, um, make something on on the purchases. So what's left in there is not. It doesn't represent a loss, but it's still kind of hard to watch your stock.
0: Go <laughs> down so low.
1: Okay, but a lot of the articles that I'm reading as of late are all saying the same thing, vis-a-vis a different economic indicators. Uh, Indicator. There are a lot of different economic indicators. One of which is the Baltic Dry Index, known as BDI. What the BDI is, is an economic indicator issued daily by the London-based Baltic Exchange. The index provides an assessment of the price of moving the major raw materials by sea, something that we're well acquainted with here in Hawaii. This is a gauge. This is an indicator of what the economy is doing. They have a, a score, an index based on the amount of sea of trade. According to one report, the BDI has plunged to 394 due to global trade grinding to a standstill. Now, that means nothing. That number means nothing. But to put it into perspective, listen, it's the first time in history that it has plummeted this low. Even prior to the great stock market crash of 2008, remember? You know what the BDI was? It was at (laughs) 1,222. A third. It's less than a third. Actually, it's, uh, I'm so not good at math not good at anything actually but that especially math so whatever that is but prior to the crash in 2008 it was at 1222 and as of last week it is sitting at 394 it's never been that low before and this is a prime indicator suffice it to say the proverbial handwriting may in fact already be on the wall You'll forgive me for bringing today's update to a close so abruptly. At least we'll turn a corner of sorts. But I want to share with you what the Lord has been ministering to me recently. As I was thinking about and pondering everything that's been happening, the Lord reminded me, that for the lost his return will be as a thief in the night it will catch people off guard when the rapture happens people will be caught off guard because they're caught up with and distracted by the cares and the affairs of this world you know as a a pastor and teacher of God's word it's easy for me to kind of live in my own you know world you know i constantly got my nose buried in the books so to speak and i remember a a pastor who uh, in fact he he writes uh, one of the best books i've ever read was the call by os guinness Um, and as i understand he's going to be here uh, in uh, this month yeah february And in fact, it was that book that God used in my life to really confirm that he was calling me to leave there and come here to start this church. But he writes this um, account of this pastor who was at a gas station uh, one day and he was filling up his car with gas and he happened upon uh, this other, other guy filling up his car and entered into this conversation with him. And it was a very pleasant conversation, and as they both left and went their own way, he realized that that was the first non-Christian he had spoken to in months, in months. And he lamented that as a pastor, it's very easy to get stuck in the Christian ghetto, the Christian ghetto. That hit me hard. I think about in my own life. That's why I always encourage you, because you can reach people that I can't. You can speak into people's lives in a way that I simply cannot. Because as soon as they know I'm the pastor, oh my goodness, everything changes. Their language changes, too. They, oh, forgive my French. Listen, my dad taught French. That's not French, just so you know. And I guess what I'm just from the heart sharing is that as a pastor, I, I have the, the privilege of having fellowship with you. And it's, it's so wonderful and enjoyable and edifying. And, but sometimes it's insulating and even isolating from a lost and dying world that needs Jesus Christ. Whenever I'm out and about, I look at people and I just think to myself, if they're not a believer, they're going to spend eternity in hell. And they have no idea what's coming. And it is coming. And when it comes... It'll be for them as a thief in the night, exactly as Jesus said. Indulge me for a moment. I want to read Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. Jesus is speaking, and He says, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And, verse 39, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men, verse 40, will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man listen, will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Yesterday, as I was preparing for today's update, I went to my Twitter account, which is what I usually do. I like to see what hashtags are trending. And this was yesterday afternoon. And I have to confess that I was a little taken back by what I saw was at the top of the list. Namely, the game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, Uh, New England won, just so you know. (laughs) But um, I love a good football game, but when that football game is trending, by a long shot over everything that is going on the global markets are crashing man I I took a screenshot bear with me for a second hashtag KCVSNE had 78,400 tweets compare this to the hashtag Iran deal which you would think would be far higher had less than a third at 21,800 tweets oh by the way the uh, Iran deal has been implemented again the timing of it suspect at best oh and oh I'm sorry I forgot (laughs) There were a couple of uh, terrorist attacks in Indonesia and Africa and all over the world. And but let's let's see the game. Um, the Marines. This is sad. Only had fifteen thousand two hundred tweets. Pastor Saeed, only twelve thousand tweets. Oh, Duke, 43,600 tweets. And the Pats, speaking of the infamous Patriots, 55,700 tweets. Where am I going with this? Well, think about this. One need look no further than to what's trending on social media. Twitter in particular, to see that the lost world has no idea what's coming. They're burying their heads in the sand, as it were. And wouldn't you think that with the world falling apart, (laughs) that people would maybe want to be a little more cognizant of, aware of, watching of what's going on in the world? I mean, wouldn't you think that people would wake up and look up to the Savior of the world with everything that's happening in the world? The picture that Scripture paints on the canvas of end times, is one of business as usual, right before the Lord comes. This is why I'm not of the belief that there's some global catastrophic something that happens prior to the rapture, because then passages like Matthew 24, which we just read, wouldn't fit that description. People wouldn't be buying and selling, building and planting, marrying and giving in marriage. It wouldn't be business as usual. It would be simply surviving. And so it's incompatible with the description that the Savior himself provides for us of what it's going to be like when the Lord returns. Also, it wouldn't be so much as a thief in the night if there was some global catastrophe when the Lord came no it would be like it was in the days of Noah in the days of Noah they had never seen rain could you imagine Noah trying to warn a preacher of righteousness for a hundred (laughs) years talk about a preacher you would never have speak at a conference he didn't have one convert only his family yeah not one person They wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it. And it was business as usual. They just carried on with their wickedness and their evil, which waxed worse by every passing day as it is waxing worse today. This is why it's incumbent upon us as Christians To share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone and anyone we can. To snatch as many as we can from the fire before it's too late. I try to go over my notes before I come on Sunday mornings just to make sure that I actually have a an acronym, and one of them is make sure it's true. That's a good, a good idea to make sure that what I'm teaching is true, but I also want to, you know, make sure it's clear and simple and so forth. But I just wanted to make sure that this statement was true, and it is. And here it is. There has never in history been a time like there is now. To share Jesus Christ. Never before in human history has it ever been like it is now. And thus, never before in history has there ever been a time to share the good news of salvation found only in Jesus Christ. Please stand. We'll pray. Lord, Those of us who know, this is exciting. (laughs) We know you're coming. We know what's coming. But for those who don't know you, this is terrifying. They have no idea what's coming and that you're coming. Lord, if there's anybody in this amazing church or watching this, Online, who doesn't know you, anyone for whom this is terrifying, would you today minister to them the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, therefore the asking that they would open up their hearts and call upon the name of the Lord and be saved believing in their hearts and confessing with their mouths and they would do it today today is the day of salvation and Lord for those of us who do know you have been walking with you are watching for you come quickly Maranatha come quickly in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Welcome to the coming apocalypse. Evangelist and pastor Paul Bagley will take you on a journey into the end times prophecy. He'll examine current world events and explain how they relate to the end times. For decades, Pastor Begley has provided people all over the world with an understanding of today's world events from a biblical perspective. Now, here's your host, Pastor Paul Bagley.
3: Welcome! This is The Coming Apocalypse. I'm Pastor Paul Begley, and I'm telling you, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to Israel. We're going to Megiddo. And a lot of times when you talk about Megiddo or you talk about the Valley of Armageddon in the Bible, people say, oh, no, I don't want anything to do with it. Folks, I'm telling you, this has been a place where historically battles have been fought and kings have have changed hands. It's incredible what's taking place in the Bible, and you will be blessed as you see the uh, spectacular view from Megiddo all over the entire vast area there of Armageddon. So, let's go right now to Israel, to Megiddo. All right, I'm standing here in Megiddo, and I wanted to show you some powerful images here. It's unbelievable. This is where the final battle of Armageddon will be fought according to Revelation 16:16. 16, 16. But remember, earlier in a broadcast we were on Mount Carmel. Well, let, the reason I bring this up is because here in these ancient ruins is where King Ahab and Jezebel had their palace and they could see from here the fire that fell from the sky at the great confrontation with the prophet Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal way out there you can see the beautiful high mountain out there that is Mount Carmel and that's where we were so from there a spectacular view of the entire Valley of Megiddo or Armageddon you know the Bible says in Revelation 16:16, 16, 16, it talks about the fact that and he gathered them together in a one place, or in a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Well, that valley spans out here, which is unbelievably spectacular, and it's, uh, General Patton said it's the most perfect battleground in the world. And even uh, other great conquerors and great warriors, they, uh, they came here, and uh, they realized, the perfect strategic advantage you would have if you're on one of those mountains now we had just showed you mount carmel and actually just off from mount carmel there just off from the mountain there you would actually be pointing toward the nation of lebanon and we know that hezbollah is actually camped in southern lebanon right now and they have all intentions of making another run at Israel and so they're part of the armies that are compassing around Israel compassing this nation just to the right out this way would be Syria and Syria is not far away as well almost within visual uh, and Syria right now of course the Golan Heights in 1967 that's when the six-day war took place that's when Israel took back the Golan Heights that was originally promised to Abraham in the covenant that God made with Abraham because the Syrians on that day attacked Israel as well as uh, you know the nation of Jordan and nation of Egypt and and Lebanon I mean it was just an incredible because of that uh, Israel took the Golden Heights back to give themselves a strategic advantage well guess what oil oil reserves were just found there Uh, it's quite remarkable than uh, all of that. And, of course, over there is Mount Taborah and you can see it uh, in its beauty. But this great valley is just spectacular. And when you read the book of Revelation, you realize in Revelation 16:16, 16, 16, you know, leading up to that verse, it even tells you that there would be, that out of the river of Euphrates would begin to dry up. And right now, in the last eight years, the river of Euphrates has literally dried up by 80% of what it normally was Just in the last 8 years And the Bible says that From this would come the, Out of the mouth of the dragon There would come These 3 unclean spirits would come out And uh, they would Go after the kings of the earth And actually start to manipulate The kings of the earth The presidents, the prime ministers, the leaders of nations They would actually begin To draw them To this place, the Holy Land To Israel for the great battle of Armageddon a tremendous battle it will be it will be the battle of the end of the world and without question we are approaching it as I said in Syria we have the Russian troops we have the Iranian troops there is already ISIS controls half of that nation as well as half of Iraq we have Al Qaeda Al Nusra. we have the Free Syrian Army is there now uh, so the armies, and then you have Hezbollah just over there in southern Lebanon. We knew the Muslim Brotherhood is just across the border in Egypt. And uh, so all, and Hamas is in Gaza. So all of these things are coming together in such a time like we have never imagined what happened. And right here, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel witnessed on the top of Mount Carmel the tremendous, spectacular, The confrontation of power of God as the fire fell and Elijah, Elijah was able to pray and the waters opened. So it's it's just unbelievable what we see going on in these last days. And I'm just going to say to you, if you haven't given the Lord Jesus Christ your heart, you know, we talk about Bible prophecy all the time. We tell you, we show you the apocalyptic signs, the water turning blood red. The birds falling out of the sky, the fish washing up by the millions, the cattle, the antelopes, the deer, all falling over dead. The whales. We show you about the blood, the water turning blood red 24 times in the last four and a half years. I can tell you, and now there's wars, rumors of wars. Nations are rising against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there's famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers' places. All of these are the beginning of sorrow. We are living in the last days. We're approaching the great battle of Gog and Magog. We're approaching the great battle here at Megiddo, the great battle of Armageddon. I don't want anything to do with that battle. I want to be in the arms of the Lord. Please give your life to Jesus Christ. He loves you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. From the land of Israel, from Megiddo, I'm Pastor Paul Begley. God bless you. A brand new book I've just finished called Reflections from the Land of the Prophets. This book is filled with beautiful pictures, a pictorial, if you will, of the Holy Land, and some definite great insight to the prophets that once spoke mightily in the times leading us up to the present. It's a prophetic word, a reflection of what God has spoken, not only historically from the past, but for the future. Go to my website. It's available now. All right, so we're back now, of course, standing in Megiddo, feeling the presence of the Lord in Israel, understanding that King Ahab and Jezebel once had their very uh, palace, part of their palaces, right there on that spot. A lot of idolatry went on. Of course at Mount Carmel that you learned last week. And also the fact that at Megiddo there was a lot of idolatry. A lot of uh, paganistic worship. And Israel had really got themselves in a very bad situation. And that's part of the reason that God sent Elijah in the first place. And Elijah prayed and stopped the rain for three and a half years. And so what took place at Megiddo... And why we call it the battle of the kings is because there were several kings that met their fate right there at Megiddo. Now, let me give you an example here. Elijah, after Elijah, there come a situation where Elisha is brought in and he begins to speak in 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, chapter 23, verse 29. That's 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 29. Uh, where the Bible says, In the days of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates, and king Josiah went against him and slew him at Megiddo when he had seen him. And his servants carried him in a chariot dead from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoshaphat, the son of Josiah and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead so here's a change of leadership in Israel of change totally but the it's unbelievable to me because king Ahab uh dies there at Megiddo and now his son who was the king dies at me- at Megiddo so you have a situation where you have total changing of the guard keeps taking place in the same place. It's an area where battles have been fought even in World War 1. We realize that uh, throughout history it's a perfect battlefield if you were setting up a war. And maybe that's why we're looking at a situation where in Lebanon you have Hezbollah and in Syria you have Russia and Iran and Al Qaeda and Al Nusra and ISIS and President Assad's armies and the Free Syrian Army and the United States, and the British, the French, the Germans, uh, everybody's there. And you begin to see how biblical prophecy is taking place. You have the ancient times of the Battle of the Kings. You have the World War I battles that were fought in that area. And now you have the current scenario setting up. It's unbelievable, really. Uh, and in some ways, uh, it makes you consider, where do we go from here? Now, Josiah, of course, was the, also the grandson of king hezekiah and so we have a situation developing where we have a change of the guard right there in that same location we're going to go back there in just a few moments and when we do we're going to understand the history of exactly what took place and the feel i mean there's an anointing anytime you're in israel folks i just want to say this anytime you go to israel anytime you're in jerusalem or anywhere in the country there's a very powerful anointing and God's, the, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon folks, and they begin to realize, they begin to visualize, this is a place where maybe Jesus was at, where he taught, or maybe this is an area where one of the prophets stood and, and where God moved. So without question, God is the land of Israel, and the Spirit of the Lord is there. It's continuing to move there as we come closer to the end. There's going to be the great battle of Armageddon. We're going to share that with you in a little bit here in this broadcast, how the final battle will be fought and how Satan and his armies will have the great confrontation with the Lord himself. And the power of this moment, it's going to be for the ages. And I can tell you for sure that if you're watching right now and you don't know which side you're on, you say, well, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to accept Christ or not. I'm waiting to see how it plays out. I can tell you already, you want to get on the winning team, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved because you don't want to be here for the final battle. You want to be on the winning side already. Give your life to Jesus Christ. I'll be right back. We're going to go right now back to Megiddo. All right, I'm standing in Megiddo, folks, of course, and this is an incredible ruin. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just walk over here and show you something before I give you a view of the whole valley of what's known as Armageddon. What you see here is the ruins of Megiddo, ancient ruins, where once King Ahab and Queen Jezebel used to reside. And they would stay up here. And there was Baal worship. There was uh, sacrifice of children up here. It was just it was such wickedness, such idolatries, paganistic worship. And this is why Elijah prayed for God to shut the heavens until Israel repented. And for three and a half years, it didn't rain a drop. Now, behind me, you see the great valley of what's known as Megiddo, the Valley of Megiddo, or in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. It's what it says in Revelation 17, uh, in Revelation 16:16 actually. And uh, way out there is Mount Tabor. You can see, and the, it's just spectacular. I mean, this is, you know, General Patton said that this, he's been here. He was here, and he said this would be the greatest battlefield in the world. To fight a battle, um, it will be a battle. The battle of Armageddon will take place. Now, let me show you where Mount Carmel was. Remember, when er, uh, I did a video earlier, and I was on Mount Carmel, and I was showing you Megiddo, uh, where Megiddo was. Mount Carmel is way out there, the high mountain there, and that's where I was just a few. Uh, the last video it was. And from that vantage point, that's where Elijah prayed down the fire. That's, and so that means King Ahab and Jezebel were here. So imagine what they saw in that. They, they, they had to have seen that inferno of fire coming down from heaven. They had to. And it was so hot, it not only consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the wood, the stones, the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and all the water that was in the trench. This was a consuming, there was no question that God is God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Baal is a dead God, nothing there, demonic, and was costing the children of Israel everything. They blamed it on the prophets. That's why uh, Jezebel was hunting down the prophets to kill them. And Obadiah was hiding 50 in one cave and 50 in another, and he was risking his own life bringing them food and water. But, folks, in the book of Revelation, we are going to have a battle. It's going to take place right here. And and now that uh, I'll point it again, but as you know that right over here, just uh, to the right of Mount Carmel is where the nation of Lebanon is. And that's where Hezbollah is camped out. And then just a little bit to the right of there, over those hills, is the border with Syria. And we know that the Russians, the Iranians, uh, has, has, I mean uh, Al-Qaeda, Al-Nusra, I mean, all of those are there. And, of course, so when they come down, are they coming down for the gold that's in Mount Elat, Or are they coming down for the oil reserve that we just found two days ago over in the Golan Heights along the border with Syria? I mean, are you serious? This is, this is very serious, and this is Megido. And this is where it's going to take place. This is an incredible view. It's spectacular. And actually, I'll show you the direction of of Jerusalem, straight out there, over those hills, uh, with, with, is where Jerusalem is. Of course, it's oh, I think it's probably 65, 70 miles away. So this is where the battle will take place in the last days. And you're already seeing, folks, the armies gathering around that are actually going to take part in that great battle
0: available
1: from Paul Bagley his cd wayfaring stranger
3: i'm just a poor wayfaring stranger traveling through this world be
1: long wayfaring stranger includes the title cut plus 11 other songs order yours by visiting paulbagleyprophecy.com today
3: Are you serious this is what i'm saying when you go to israel and you feel what god is doing you hear the word i'm telling you folks it's powerful now let's set the stage megiddo we know about the prophet elijah we know that he had to take and and bring the children of israel back to their senses rebuild the altar at mount carmel call down the fire from god to get their attention and of course Jezebel and King Ahab had tried so hard to kill and to murder uh, many prophets, and, and so Elijah was able to bring revival back to Israel. King Ahab dies, and there's a change of several kings at Megiddo, but now we're going to enter into the prophet Elisha. So if you'll go to 2 Kings with me, chapter 9, I'll begin reading at verse 1. Now we have the prophet Elisha. It says, And Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins, take this box of oil in thy hand, and go to Ramoth-Gilead. And when thou comest hither, look out there, Jehu, the son of Joseph, Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and take him, arise up from among his brethren, and carry him to an inner chamber. Then take the box of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and tarry not. I mean, are you serious? What kind of an instructions is this? This is the prophet Elisha telling one of these students that he has, young prophets, I need you to go and to take care of business. We're going to have to have a new king. I need you to go. I want you to find him. I want you to anoint him with oil and run away. Get out of there after you do it. And because, you know, uh, he has to be the one chosen. And it was Jehu. And if you go on, read with me in verse 4, the Bible says So the young man, even the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting. And he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said, Unto which of all of us? He said, To thee, O captain. No, there was a bunch of captains sitting around. And specifically, I have an errand for you. I have a word for you. And uh, I need to tell you privately. And so it says in verse 6, And he arose. He went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head. And he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. I mean, whenever I look at this story, I keep saying to myself, it's an unbelievable change of the guard, if you will. And Elisha sends one of his students there to take care of it. Jehu, a captain in the kingdom, has just been anointed king of Israel Uh, And uh, it's an amazing situation developing. Uh, But I know one thing's for sure. Jehu is going to take this responsibility and go forward. He goes on to give him the prophecy now. Look at verse 7. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. So there's a prophecy given now by Jehu. Jehu receives this prophecy. He is told he's got to take out the house of the former king Ahab. And that he must remove him and all of his seed basically from the throne. And oh by the way you are now anointed king of Israel. And this is a captain. And this is a man that's a righteous man. This is a man that's been very faithful and and. You know, followed orders always, but now he's getting a direct prophecy from the word of the Lord, from the prophet Elisha, one of his servants that's come, and he must now go forth. The Lord knows his heart. And uh, it's an incredible situation to be told this, but it's exactly what took place. Now, uh, after he receives this, if you'll go with me now to the 24th verse, Ahab, King Ahab had a son named Joram. And so we're in the same chapter, Second Kings, chapter nine, verse twenty-four. And here's what happens: Jehu hunts this man down. And the Bible says in verse twenty-four, and Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram between his arms, and the arrow went out at his heart and sunk down in his chariot. Uh, unbelievable situation here. But Jehu is now assassinating those that may have been in line to the throne because God is sending a punishment, a judgment upon the house of King Ahab and Jezebel for what they did to the prophets of God. And you remember when uh, the prophet Obadiah had to put 50 prophets in one cave and 50 in the other and had to go and give them bread and water without the King Ahab knowing what he was doing. Uh, unbelievable story here. But wait a minute. There's more. Go with me to verse 27. Because now we're dealing with the king. Not only has King Ahab's uh, son died. Has been killed. But now we go to verse 27. But when Ahazi, Ahaz- the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house and Jehu followed after him and said, smite him also in the chariot. And they did so at the going up to Ger, which is by Ibrahim, And he fled to Megiddo and died there. So what we have is a situation where now Jehu has just killed the king. So he's killed the son of the former king. He has killed the king at, and he dies at Megiddo. He's received the anointing. From the prophet to be the new king. And at the same time. This is why he had the authority to carry out the judgment. Because God had just anointed him king. Had just taken the anointing and the mantle. And put it on Jehu. But we're not done yet. Because Jezebel is still out there. And she hasn't been dealt with yet. So go with me now to verse 30. Same chapter. And the Bible says. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel. Jezebel heard of it. And she painted her face and tied her head and looked out a window. All right? And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Had Zimri peace who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. Looked out the window. And he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her under his foot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. He carried out the execution, ate a meal and then said, maybe all right, go, go put her, put her in the grave. But look what it says when they went to bury her. They found no more of her than the skull, the feet, and the palms of her hand. She was so wicked that dogs wouldn't even eat her palms of her hand. Uh, Listen, folks. God's judgments are final. When a prophecy was given to the Old Testament prophets of old, they would be carried out. It took quite a bit of time before it was fully done. And, And, of course, it doesn't end there. Also, in the the 10th chapter, you'll find out that Jehu, now fully king, eliminates the other 70 sons of King Ahab are all put to death. Folks, we're living in a time now where judgment's coming upon the world. We're living in a a very, very critical time. And if you don't have Christ in your heart, please, give your life to Jesus Christ. Come to my website, if you would, at www.paulbegleyprophecy.com. Let us know you want to be saved. We want to pray with you. We know the Lord is coming soon, and I want you to be ready to go. Don't be left behind. Folks, let me tell you something. I have a book I really recommend you should get. You go to my website at www.paulbegleyprophecy.com. I have a book entitled The Zombie Apocalypse. Now, it has to do with actual, 35 actual accounts of demonic possession and manifestations that uh, is very troubling but will help you understand how demon spirits actually work in these last days. I highly recommend you get it also for your teens and college students to help explain to them the pitfalls to not fall into these uh, sorcery or witchcraft, seances, Ouija boards or some video games that could alter the mind and the soul of your child. Again, this book its only at my website at www.paulbegleyprophecy.com. There you'll find it on the products page. It'll be a blessing to you, insightful, and you'll bless the ministry. That is some wonderful coffee. I mean, are you really serious with me? Well, listen, before you start looking at the stock markets today, get some coffee and calm down. But I think it might be okay today in America, although I just don't see how, to be quite honest. With the Iranian nuke deal signed and the realization that now a half a million more barrels of oil a day will be starting to be produced in Iran and that the Iranian oil is going to flood the world markets. It's going to drive the prices of, of crude oil down, which will affect the world economy, including the, the jobs right here in the United States without question. Now, the price of oil is already uh, closed yesterday at a little over $28 a barrel, which is very low. There was, there's gas stations that were selling gas yesterday at 47 cents a gallon. Now that was just a promotional, but the average right now is around $1.50 a gallon, which is good for the American consumer, but overall with the price of crude oil falling, it will affect the global economy. Now, let me tell you what's going on. I just looked at the Dow Jones. Uh, The Dow Jones right now is up just as the trading began 15 minutes ago. The Dow Jones is up 144 points, and it may finish up today as it tries to rally from last Friday's fall of 392 points. But it won't go up all the way past the 392. So what we've been noticing is it falls, it goes up a little. Then it falls and goes up a little. But overall, the trend is down. Now, here's what's going on. In France, French President Francois... Hollande pledged yesterday to redefine France's business model and declared what he called, quote, a state of economic and social emergency. So he declared a state of economic and social emergency for the nation of France, unveiling a two billion euro plan to revive hiring and catch up with a fast-moving world economy. The measures he proposed, however, are relatively modest, and he said they would not put into question the 35-hour work week with his country under a state of emergency since extremist attacks in November. Uh, Hollande, Hollande did not seek to assure or assume, any new emergency powers over the economy. So he wasn't looking for more power, but he was making a declaration that France is now in an economic and social emergency. What caused it? What caused it was the terrorist attacks on January thirteenth, two 2015, there at the Charlie Hebdo magazine and also in the Jewish Kosher Delhi, where 17 people mowed down by these radical Islamic Muslim militants, and then November Friday the 13th, the 130 people slaughtered in the streets and the and the uh, the music hall and in the uh, cafes and the bars of Paris, 130 dead, 350 wounded in a six prong attack by these radical Islamic Jihadists. It has put tourism way down, which is definitely affecting the French economy. And so, and with the unstable markets, uh, France finds themselves in a very difficult position. Uh, Also, we do have information, the Asian markets closed today, very flat, following China's GDP report. The markets fell, in Asia, or remained very flat across the Asian markets today. China has confirmed that its economy last year grew at the slowest rate in 25 years. So that's affecting the Asian markets, the European markets, and it will affect the American markets. So we'll continue to keep an eye on the Dow Jones today. It is up 129 points as we speak, and we'll continue to keep an eye on what's going on. As the new world order gets in position, if you take a look at the United Nations and understand that the new world order or the one world government, the beast if you will, must be involved in the world economy. And so when you see that the, uh, the formation of a world economy a global uh, citizens, now there's a big push for everybody to become a global citizen and a world economy. Uh, remember what John saw in Revelation chapter 13 when he said in verse 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon the horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name blasphemy. Now, he goes on to say that this, this Antichrist and false prophet will have great extraordinary powers and they will be given authority to carry out these powers they will speak also words of blasphemy constantly matter of fact you can read in verse 6 same chapter revelation 13:6 says and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was taken was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So this is a new world order, a one world government that speaks blasphemy. It's an antichrist government. It will be a socialistic communistic Sharia law mentality, a very oppressive regime that will, will not tolerate Christianity at all. But it will tolerate blasphemous worship, all right? And uh, so as this thing grows, as it gets worse, we know that the economy plays a part in it. So if you skip on down in the chapter, you can get into verse uh, 15. It says, He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause, as many as would not worship the image of the beast, should be killed. So there will be mass executions going on constantly, slaughtering Christians, who refused to bow to the beast. And then in verse 16, And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name, and here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 600, three score and six, or 666. Now, notice you can't buy or sell without the mark. And notice he's making war against the saints and to execute them. So, this is going to become a very violent world in the last days. And, matter of fact, that's exactly what Jesus said would happen. If you read Matthew 24, he told you in verses uh nine and ten that the Christians and that were going to be persecuted. But he also said to us uh that you can you will definitely see uh he says as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Uh there will be uh uh you know eating and drinking and marrying giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered to the ark and the door was shut. But also it says, and the earth was filled with violence in the days of Noah. And, every, and man's hearts were on evil continually, and every imagination uh, was on evil continually, and the earth was filled with violence. And you can read that in the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis. So this is the type of world we're going to be experiencing. So you have to get real. I notice now the market is now 100 points up. So since I started this video, uh, it is starting to uh Readjust. We'll see what it winds up today. I'm not even sure it's going to end up in a positive. It may, but, uh, again, it'll try to rebound from a 392-point loss on Friday, but it will not recover completely, and then tomorrow you may see a either fall. I don't know, but the markets are sliding worldwide, which uh, fits in perfectly with the formation of the chaos that will continue. In these last days, are you saved? Give your life to Jesus Christ and stand tall and stand strong in the power of his might. So you see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. All right. And we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. But it's important that people understand how the global economy is going to be constantly in a state of chaos and panic, just like the rest of the world is. And all of this is just the beginning of sorrows. Are you serious? Are you saved?
4: Hi everyone this is Lisa Haven and I've got a very important report to share with you today and that is this not one not two but three men predicted that there would be an economic collapse in 2016 now the reason that I want to bring this report to you is because of what we've already seen playing out for 2016 specifically in regards to the stock market that has dropped 1900 points give or take just this past couple of weeks alone. So even at the beginning of this year, things are already starting to look rocky. Now if I check the stats or the stocks at this very moment, uh, looking on my phone here, they're, you know, they're slightly up at this time that could change, that uh, may do better today, but tomorrow or the next week could be another story. So I'm just constantly keeping an eye on this, and I think these three men, what they have to say is very important, especially with where we are headed, economically speaking, uh, with the election coming up. Who knows what can play out with that, but lots of things to ponder on this topic. Now, um, I want to say this. I don't know if an economic collapse or a a civil war or any of that is going to break out in 2016. If an economic collapse does break out, then we can bet a civil war would follow that. Only time will tell if that actually happens. I don't know. All I like to do is present to you the facts of what others are saying and let you decide. And that's what I want to do with this report. Uh, and just give you a heads up and a warning just in case. I'm not saying it will or won't happen. I just don't know. But nonetheless, I think that we need to take the words of these three men um, to heart. And go from there. So, the first man that I want to introduce you to is Tom Hartman. Now, he is the best-selling author, or a best-selling author, of the crash of 2016. He wrote this book, and it's called The Plot to Destroy America and What We Can Do to Stop It. He wrote this book, I believe, don't quote me, but in 2013 or sometime uh, around or before then. But this book has been out for quite a couple of years now, and he predicted that we would be seeing some of this stuff in 2016. Now I'll leave a bio for him attached below. He's really got a ton of credentials. Um, he's a talk show host radio, along with New York Times bestseller selling author. Let me play a clip of him um, talking about the 2016 collapse.
2: So the crash of 2016 is a coming economic, political, and social crisis that could be worse than any previous crisis our nation has ever faced. Like all previous great crashes, this one's going to be triggered, and in fact is being triggered, by economic disaster caused by many of the same forces that led to the crash of 2008, which was really the beginning of this, and the crash of 1929, which also went on for years. It's going to happen because the fundamentals that keep an economy strong and stable have not been restored since they started being deconstructed during the Reagan administration, the so-called Reagan revolution, and were totally ripped apart at the end of the Clinton administration. The crash of 2008 was an early warning sign but our response to it has not been adequate. Why 2016? Well, it actually could happen sooner. Could be next week. But I'm proposing 2016 for the same reason that 2008 happened. The crash of 2008 really began in 2006. That summer when housing starts dropped 34% began to really seriously unravel. It probably should have happened in 2007, but the Bush administration saw it coming. And they threw everything they had into keeping it from happening before the November 2008 elections so that Bush wouldn't take the blame for it. They were unsuccessful, but not for lack of trying. The crash happened a half year before the elections and helped determine their outcome. There's every reason to believe that the Obama administration is doing the same thing right now. And we'll get even more aggressive about trying to hold things together with bailing wire and bubble gum all the way up until November of 2016.
4: All right. So that is the clip. Um, That's Tom Hartman, and I'm going to leave the video below for you guys to check out there so you can watch it in its full. But as you heard him say, the 2016, uh, around that time, he predicts that there could be some kind of economic collapse in or around the election time or even before that. So there is one, and I'm going to leave additional information below on him. Now, another one is... Jeremy Grantham. And let me take you to that report. Now, here we are on KCResearch.com, and this was published, notice the date, last year, 2015 August. Uh, one of the world's most respected investors, he's a big investor, predicts the 2016 stock market crash. Now, this is Jeremy Grantham. and Who is Grant- Jeremy Grantham? Well, he is the founder of GMO, not my favorite company, but he is widely remembered uh, for the 2000 or warning about the 2000 market crash and the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, according to the Financial Times- Mr. Grantham also stated that it is uncertain that it could trigger the next crisis, pointing out that bubbles do not burst simply because financial assets are overruled. But he argued that by the late 2016, markets would probably be extremely vulnerable to a crash given Lofton valuations. he is another uh, person who is very, very prominently warning that hey, we need to be on guard for 2016. Now there is a third one uh, that I want to take you to, and this is on Newsmax Finance or Newsmax.com, and this is the link. This is. Author Robert Kiyosaki, and I might be butchering that biggest market crash likely to happen in twenty sixteen Now this report was put out once again last year, and this is why I think uh, these are important, but you know, to notice the date on these now he is actually the author of the book, "Rich Dad, Poor Dad." Now, I have not read this book, um, but he warned in that book that stark manipulations could result in a crash bigger. Than what happened in 2007, and he also warned in that book that a market crash would likely hit America in the year 2016. Now it gets into a lot of that in this article, so I really want you to delve through that. He even warns that it could be worse than the Great Depression here. So make sure you check out those articles now. So how bad is it really? Are these economists just speaking out their rear end, or do they hold some value to those words? Well, I've got some charts here that may actually make you think twice. Uh, this first chart on the screen, I want you to notice, it goes all the way back to 1975, all the way through 2014. Well, what you're looking at is the food stamp recipients by the millions at a yearly rate. Notice the hike. Uh, We started in 1975 with about 16, 17 million, and it goes all the way up to 2014, and now we are at 46 million people who receive stamps annually. That means that people are doing worse off, relying more on the government system, which is exactly what the government wants. The more people that they have feeding out of their pocket, the more power it gives them. But 46 million truly tells you how bad we are. Now... Also, according to the latest Census Bureau, that there is one in five children who are also on food stamps. They would be in parents' homes, in group homes. Uh, that includes all of those. Now, In addition to that, I want to tell you that the unemployment rate uh, that the government is giving is about 5.5%. There are many economists, many people that fight and say that number is not legit. Uh, numbers go as high as 23% on one source that I found. Also, last year Donald Trump came out and said that the real unemployment rate could be as high as 40%. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about the people you know. Think about the people in your community. Think about those in your circle. How many of those are unemployed versus employed? And that will kind of give you an idea of who is telling the correct numbers. And keep that in mind when you are doing that. Now, another number that I wanted to share with you is this, and let me pull that up. Here we are at uh, census.gov, and this was released towards the end of 2014, but there's, um, this is some of the latest information that I could find. This is a Census Bureau statistic showing how young adults today compare with previous generations in neighborhoods nationwide. Now I want you to I want to scroll down to a certain section here and that's this. And it says more millennialists are living in poverty today and they have a lower rate of employment as compared with their counterparts in nineteen eighty. Now millennials Range from ages 18 to about 34, which is, you know, the upcoming generation. Uh, one in every five live in poverty. That kind of goes with our statistics of children accepting food stamps and, and all of that information as well. That's about 13.5 million people and that is up. It used to be one in every seven. Now it is one in every five. It also goes on to state that 65% of young adults are employed, which is down from 69. It used to be 69%. Now it's down to 65% are um, employed. Prior generations of young adults were more likely to have served in the armed forces. That's just additional information. So there you have some other numbers as well. All that to say that things are really getting out of hand, and we know This is not just here in America, but it's globally. Uh, The Middle East is literally crashing. China has had two 7% drops recently in which they had to close market stocks are not looking good here in america they're really inflating the market that's what they're doing to put bandages on this thing and at some point the bigger the bubble gets the bigger the bang will be when it finally does pop so i want to encourage you get your affairs in order because the numbers that they're sharing are not full numbers the unemployment numbers not the real number 5.5 percent is a lot larger than that uh, we know food stamps have gone up. Uh, assistance from the government has gone up. Uh, if we look at the state of the economy right now with the stocks, with global, with with everything, uh, with the way that our debt – we're in the trillions in debt. We cannot continue on that path. Everyone knows it. But it's so easy to say, oh, they've been saying that it's going to happen for years. Well, one of these years it will. We just don't know when it will happen. Uh, The three men that you heard in the beginning think it's this year, could they be wrong? Absolutely, we won't know. But nonetheless, that's why I wanna give you a heads up. Now if you are not prepared with food, please, please do so. Uh, I like and I prefer foodforliberty.com backslash Haven. That is the site I use, that is my partner. I have a partnership with them, it helps fund the program and the food is good. And the reason I promote them and the only reason that I do is number one, it funds it funds what I do here, and number two, everyone needs to be prepared. I am um, with that all the way. I prepare myself. I encourage all of my family members to prepare. In fact, I send uh, my parents every year food <laughs> as a Christmas present. So, because I want them to be prepared, and I want the same for you. If you use foodforliberty.com backslash haven, great. If you use something else, great. Just get prepared no matter what that food source is. Also, uh, I want to also introduce you guys, now this is on another note, but a great detox. I'm also big into health. Uh, check out getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. He's got lots of vitamins and supplements and tea that literally detoxes your body and it works. I use it, it works. And, I, and I've got supply that I use on a monthly basis. Uh, great stuff. So check out the stuff there as well to keep you healthy uh, during this time. But... I wanted to bring all this again to you because I think it's, it's imperative. And I have a heart to get the truth out. And these economists have a heart to tell you what's going on. The government doesn't want to issue panic. The government doesn't want to tell you what's going on. Uh, They don't want to list the real facts because if they did, we would have a heads up about what's going and there would be mass panic. This is why we weren't told about what what, what happened in 2007, 2008. We were kind of just pushed under the rug until all of it landed in our laps. And That's what I want to prevent. I I just want to give you a heads up about all of it so you have an idea and you know what is happening here in America. Again, we don't know when it will collapse, but we know it will at some point in time. Anyhow, this is your heads up. This is Lisa Haven signing off.
5: Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, mighty Jesus. We pray in your name, Lord, that everyone listening, that every life listening, Lord Jesus, will come and be under your blood, the blood shed on Calvary, Lord, for in order to south east to up and down, we bind the strong man and all hindering spirit, Lord, for North to south east to up and down. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, name, name, mighty Lord, mighty God, Minister, o Lord, to your people according to their need, oh Lord. Lord Jesus, let everyone listen to be on the common of the blood of Jesus. Out to Southwest, Lord Jesus, up and down. In Jesus' name, Yeshua, in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Let your anointing, let your presence, let your power flow tonight in Jesus' name. Minister, Lord, according to the need of your people, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, give your people strength, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeshua, name, Jahashua, name, Lord. Help your people, Lord, in. send 900 billion, trillion warriors, angels, Lord, to not to up and down, Lord. Help your people, lock in, Lord, Jesus, Lord, Jehoshua, Lord, Jehoshua, in Jesus' name. Yeshua, name, Jahashua, name, oh Lord, of oh God. Help your people tonight, Lord, to lock in. Lord, hallelujah, enable them to listen to your word and be ministered by you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, name, Jehoshua name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy that endure forever, Lord Jesus. Lord God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise you, Lord. I hope you've been seeking the Lord. You've been seeking God. You've been seeking to praise the Lord Hallelujah, to have more of Jesus. Thank you dear Brother Body, to have more of God. Praise you, Lord, that your life will be filled with his presence, his anointing, more every day, preparing, getting ready for his coming, his coming is soon, his coming is close. And we thank the Lord for the privilege, praise God, to be able to serve him, to be able to seek him, to be able to prepare for his coming, because his coming is close. I was able to experience that yesterday morning, brothers and sisters, from the Lord. Praise you, God. I needed to be renewed by the Lord, and the Lord Jesus gave me that strength. Yesterday morning, praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. As he took me to the millennium, brothers and sisters, he took me to the millennium for several hours, the 1,000 reign with Christ. I had asked the Lord, and, and hallelujah, in my prayer at night, if he was going to take me to the millennium, after finishing my prayer, and the Lord said, yes, yes. So I got excited for it. Praise you, Lord. The more we can have our God, the more joy we'll get, brothers and sisters, And we need to continue to seek for that joy, to seek for that presence, to have more of the Lord in our life, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord, to be more prepared for what is coming because there is a lot coming. There is is judgment, there is martial law, there's hallelujah, bankruptcy, partial bankruptcy coming to this country. There is so much coming. And God wants us to be prepared. The Lord wants us to be prepared and all these things that are coming to be ready for His coming, to be ready, praise the Lord, because we do not want to be caught unprepared. And that's what the Lord was uh, speaking to me or showing me, brothers and sisters, that uh, His people are sleeping. Instead of preparing for His coming, a lot are sleeping, praise the Lord. And I don't want to discourage you, but I want to tell you the truth. Praise you, Lord. And I don't think I will discourage you by telling you the truth because it's better to know than not to know than not to be prepared. It's better to know to prepare than not to know and not be prepared. And the Lord wants us to be prepared. The Lord wants us to be ready for his coming because he is going to come for his bride, but he's going to come for the bride, praise the Lord, that, will, that have made herself ready. Thank you, Jesus. He wants us to be ready. Praise your Lord. Why? Because he loves us. And he loves us so much, brothers and sisters. That right where he is, he wants us also to be brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But it has to be, we have to be obedient. Obedient is better than sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord will lead us to be ready. The Lord will lead us to be prepared. And if we ask him to help us, he is willing. He's not telling you to do this on your own. He's not telling you and I to do it on our own. He is teaching us and telling us that if we come to him and we ask him for help, thank you, Lord. If we ask him for help, he is willing to help us. But you see, it is, it is, it is, it is this thing of us that we need the help, but we are not crying out to God for help. Pride has blinded us not to see that we need the help, brothers and sisters. And that's what the Lord don't like, that we, he knows we need the help. He knows we need him. But not only that he knows that, but He quicken us to know that we need him. He's letting us know there is need in our life of Him for us to cry out to Him and ask Him for help. Praise the Lord. Well, yesterday morning, He took me to the Millennium, and it was so nice to see the future that we are going to have with Christ, a thousand years with the Lord. As I noticed that the city in the Millennium, praise the Lord, uh, brothers and sisters, all the city were at this time all done, all completed, and and it, they were so beautiful. Because the technology that will be used in the millennium is a lot better than what we have now. They are similar, but they are better than what we have now. The buildings are not so tall as the one we have now, but you can tell that they are better. Better, may thank you, Jesus. In the presence of the Lord in the millennium, my goodness, that is one of the beauty. As I spent a few hours there with the Lord, my strength was renewing his presence because his presence, hallelujah, is so strong and so real in that millennium. You got total peace. You you don't have one concern because right now we have many. But in the millennium, brothers and sisters, not one concern comes to our mind. Thank you, Jesus. Not one concern comes to our life. We are in peace, total peace, total joy, brothers and sisters. We know that we're there to do the will of God, and that's what we want to do. Thank you, Lord. Yes, He gives us the freedom that He gave out and Eve in the garden, for sure, brothers and sisters. He's going to give us that, 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 that peace, that joy, the freedom. And everything is available to us, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And obedience, of course, God demands obedience as he demanded from Adam and Eve. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I rejoice being there and and being strengthened by the Lord in his presence. Thank you, Lord. And I have no worry, no concern. Uh, I mean, I have no knowledge of these things. As I was spending those hours, the only time I could remember... Being worried about these things that when I was brought here and spending a few hours and right where we are, that's when I began to think about life and all that, and that's when worry and concern set in. But being in the millennium, you have no worry. You have no concern of anything. God will take care of you. Praise the Lord. And that's what the Lord wants to do with each and one of us. He wants to take care of us. But right where we are, we need to cry out to the Lord. We need to call unto the name of Jesus. We need to we need to go to God. God knows our need, first of all. He knows. But he also knows that a pride is in between God and us, brothers and sisters. The pride for he sees from afar, the Bible says. And praise the Lord. So God wants us, brothers and sisters, to cry out to him now with all of our heart, letting God know our need, that he already knows, But he wants to hear us from our heart, brothers and sisters, that we are trusting him, that we are depending on him. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to go into the word of God, brothers and sisters. We're going to read this. Praise the Lord. What is to have faith in Christ? To have faith in the Lord. What is it to have faith? We're going to talk about what is to have faith, brothers and sisters, because I can tell you that In all the trip to heaven, I've seen so much. In all my trip to the millennium, to the future, I've seen so much. And I know that will encourage you, but also I want to teach you what the Word says about faith. Brothers and sisters, that we need to trust God, and we need to come to Him by faith. It is so important, praise the Lord. And how do we grow in faith? How do we obtain faith more every day? In Christ, because Christ is our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. There was something so beautiful the Lord revealed to me this week. Praise you, Lord. And before I go into the message, I want to share this. If you go with me to Matthew 24, thank you, Jesus. I want to show you something that to me was so amazing to learn from the Lord. Praise you, God. It's so much that the Lord wants to teach us. He he is all wisdom, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew 24, I want you to see something. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how many of you, thank you, Lord, have seen what Matthew 24 says. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 24, praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is so good. God is so awesome. What a a mighty God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. In Matthew 24, verse 1 says, and Jesus went out. And departed from the temple. And his disciple came unto him to show him the building of the temple. And that, that let me tell you, that second temple was a beautiful temple. That that temple that Herod built for God was, was a tremendous temple. I don't know if you've seen online. They have a software of what the temple looked like. The te- the second temple of Herod was such a beautiful temple. Praise you, Lord. Verse 2 now. And Jesus said unto him, see ye now, uh, see ye now all these things. Verily I said unto you, there should not be here left a stone upon stone that should not be cast down. Thank you, Lord. Now, we know that when Jesus spoke about the destruction of the temple that will come down, he was talking about his own body, his own body. Well, the temple, what the Lord was showing me, is a significant of the body of Christ. Praise you, Lord. That's why when Solomon said that if they come to this temple and they, re- they will repent of their, of their sin, you will hear from heaven and you, will, and you will forgive their sin. In other words, the temple is a type of Christ. Or, or let me say it this way. Christ is revealed through the temple. Brothers and sisters, the Messiah The temple is a revelation of the Messiah, Jesus. The Lord was revealing to me. I said, oh, this is so awesome. This is so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The temple is a revelation of Jesus. Just like the sun is a revelation of Christ, the star that gives light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The sun, he is the sun. The sun revealed Jesus. Praise you know. So is the temple, because Jesus intercedes for us day and night. And when Solomon prayed to God, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. When Solomon prayed to God, that if they come to this place and they will repent their sin, you will hear from heaven and you forgive the sin. Well, that's a type of Christ. Through Christ Jesus, our sins are forgiven when we repent, brothers and sisters. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? You see why the temple is so significant to the Jewish people. They don't even know why. I love it because I have a rabbi follower. Thank you, Jesus. I have rabbi followers. And when I share some of these things, it touches their heart so much. Their heart burned for God. Thank you, Jesus. They learn about the Messiah because they're like, how do you know Torah? How do you have these revelations? Praise you! Sorry, It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Messiah, Jesus, that gives us his revelation about the Word of God. So the temple is a revelation of Jesus. It is another way that God uses to reveal his Messiah. That if they come there and repent, God will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. That if we come to Jesus and we repent our sins, God will hear from heaven and will forgive our sins. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Lord. Not a lot of rabbi knows this, or maybe none, praise the Lord. But it burns in their heart. Why? Why do they want to make the temple? Because it's a representation of the Messiah who forgives their sins. Isn't the Lord great, brothers and sisters? Isn't God great? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, he is so awesome. What a great God we serve, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Again, Romans 11:6 says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible possible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that God is. In other words, he must believe of the assistance of God. You see, what is in question today by the atheists, the assistance of God." It's what is in question. Thank you, Jesus. The assistant of God is what is in question. The, so him that comes to God must believe in the assistance of Father God, in, in the assistant of Jahweh, Jehovah God. They must believe in the assistance of the Messiah, Jesus. That's what God is saying. Praise the Lord. That's why the devil. There is so much on the internet and on television about the the the, the assistant of God, whether God exists or not, brothers and sisters. Whether God exists or not, Of course, the assistant of God is real. That is real. That's why the devil is coming against the assistant of God. Thank you, Jesus. Because Paul says that the assistant of God, it is revealed to all men by his creation. What creation? Well, if you look to the Jewish people, how can God be revealed to you, or humanity, through the temple that God told us to build? That's one way that the Messiah can be revealed to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To the creation. Now, if we look at God's creation, how can the Messiah be revealed to us? The sun, the moon, the star, all creation. And space represents God, represents the creator. Through him all things were created. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to share that because some of you, hallelujah, may need to hear this. Praise your Lord. Again, I want to remind you this because the Lord told me this today. He spoke this to me. The Lord says, remind them that each and one of them are special, that I created each and one of them special to Hallelujah, and none are the same each and one of human beings are unique. Praise you lord god wants to wants me to tell you this afternoon this night about the uniqueness that he made in each in each human being each and one of you are unique, so if one of you goes to hell, if one of you are lost, great things is lost. It will hurt God if you get lost. If you end up going to hell, going to hell it will hurt God because you are unique. There's not two of you, and all God creation. Your mother can never have another one of you because when God formed you in the womb of your mother, God formed you special to Him. You have gifts, and you have, and you got talent. Putting you by God, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, that will match, hallelujah, how special you are to God. That will mean to God how special you are to God. Thank you, Jesus. And God was telling me to remind these people how special they are and how unique they are. I have forgotten about this. I, I was not getting ready to tell you that. I was getting ready for this Bible study. Thank you, Lord. And as I was getting ready... Also, I'm asking the Lord to give me a word for you. And he tells me, tell them how unique they are. Thank you, Lord. Remember that. You are unique. There's not two of you. Hallelujah. In your creation. Not two of you. If you are lost, great things is lost. Great creation is lost. A special someone is lost if you are lost. Please serve Christ. Please do not be lost. Praise you, Lord. But if you walk, thank you, Jesus, without Christ, you are lost because he is the light. You don't know where you're going. He is the way. How can you see where you're going when well, he's the way? And he is the light that will enlighten your way. His word is the light. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Oh, my goodness. He's awesome. He's speaking to someone. His presence, his anointing. touch, touching someone's heart. No. And understand that you are unique and that you are special. There's not two of you. I tell you, there is not two bodiesmiths in all creation. I'm sorry for anybody else, but there's two not two bodiesmiths. There's not, there's not two house mama. There's, there's not two Marietta. There's, two, there's, there's not two North. There is not two. There is not two. I'm any other one listening to me. There's not two of you. This is the sad part. And if someone gets lost, there's not two of you. That I can say, well, if you're lost, it's okay because I'm going to see someone else, another one of you in heaven. That's not possible. You see? That's not possible. You are unique. God was reminding me of that, of his uniqueness and his creation. Thank you, Lord. And when someone is unique, that there's not two of them. And that's you and I, brothers and sisters. This is why we need to open our mouth and speak the word of God. Thank you, Lord. We are made in the image of God with our own uniqueness and all God creations. Thank you, Lord. This is why we need to seek for Jesus. Our lives need to be ready for him every day. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. Let me go into the word now. Thank you, Jesus, again. God is so awesome. In James chapter 2, praise the Lord. I wanna go into James chapter two today. I shared Jane before chapter one. What a beautiful chapter that is, thank you Lord. But I want you to go with me in James chapter two. Thank you, Lord. There are some things there that I want to share with you, praise the Lord. And it's regarding to faith, of course. Yes, regarding to faith. Thank you, Lord. Come on by come by uh, computer move. Thank you, Lord. You got to move, computer. Praise you, Lord. I need to share the word. God, is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, it's so awesome. Got to praise the Lord. When the computer don't want to work, praise the Lord. Don't get angry. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. There is a purpose for everything. Hallelujah. Everything that is done under the sun. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm in James chapter 2 now. James chapter 2, verse 1. My brethren, have not faith. Hallelujah. Have not faith of a glorious Lord Jesus Christ and respect of a person. For they come to you a company of men with a gold ring and godly apparel, and they come also a poor man in bile and raiment and ye have respect to him that wears the, the the gay clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here, hallelujah, in a greatly place, and say to the poor, stand thou there, and say here under my footstool, footstool, I'm sorry, as ye are not partial in your, in your ser- selves, hallelujah, and not become judges of evil thoughts. Praise the Lord. Yes, we need to be careful of these things. Praise the Lord. Verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brother how not God shows in the poor of this world that they should be rich in faith? Here of the kingdom which he promised to them that love him. Again, hearken, my beloved brother. He is encouraging us to hearken. to Hearken to what? To his word, his promise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hearken to his promise is what God wants each and one of us to do, brothers and sisters. Hearken to his promise. He has made us great promises. And we need to hearken to them, especially in these last days that you and I are in, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hearken my brother my, my brother, how not God chosen the poor of this world, that they be rich in faith. Thank you, Lord. Why is it more important to God that you be more rich in faith than rich in money? Praise your Lord. Why is it more important to God? That you will have more faith They more money. I'm comparing it to something liberal now. But you cannot see faith. But you can see the outcome of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Why is that? I heard a testimony years ago of a man of God that was taken to heaven. God took him to the time when God said through the prophet Habakkuk in heaven that the righteous to walk by faith. One of the angels on the throne said, "Father, wait a minute, God. How can you say the man on earth will work by faith when, when, when we, we the angel, we can see you, we can see your faith, we can come to your throne every day and see you and enjoy being in your presence? How can men on earth serve you by faith, God?" How can men I heard some people say when they cannot see you? Praise the Lord. That that will be almost that will be so difficult for men. He said, Yes, but I will make it possible to them. I will reveal myself to them through faith. Through faith, I will come to them. My power will move in their life through faith. As they come to me. And believe my promise through faith. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. God is inviting his creation. You and I. To come to him. By faith. To approach him. To proclaim his promises. To pray about his promises. Hallelujah. And know and know that you know, believe that you know, understand that you know promises are true and faithful. And God cannot fail. He has never failed his creation. Why will he fail you and I? My brother, and my sister. Why will Father fail you and I? When in trium upon trium... Upon trillions of years he had not failed anyone. He had not failed not even once. Why would he fail you and I now? Praise the Lord. When the word his word teaches us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Why will he fail you unless you doubt and don't believe? That is different, but if you come to him with faith as the sign of a master sea, he will not fail you. If you come with such a little faith, almost unseen faith, God cannot fail you. With such a little faith, you come to him. And if you can speak to the mountain, why would Jesus teach and say that if thou hast faith as a master's feet, thou will speak to the mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it will obey. Because with God, is what he said, what he meant, with God, with God, all things are possible. Because to God, because to God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. With God, all things are possible. To God, all things are possible. He doesn't have a problem moving a mountain into the sea. As he sees your faith in your life, as you move, speak, believe, Expect and wait and proclaim and declare, he makes it possible for you and I, brothers and sisters. But you have to be in his word. You have to believe his word. His word must be in your heart, so deep in your soul, so deep in your life, there's an anchor to you. Ships need anchors. Both need anchors. Christian needs the word as an anchor. Thank you, Jesus. We need the word, brothers and sisters. You and I need to be in the word. Praise the Lord. We need to believe that word that came out of a God's heart, of our God's heart, that will now return. Boy, thank you, Jesus. God wants us to believe him. God wants us to believe his word. The what he promised us, he cannot fail. It is impossible to God to fail. Praise you, Lord, because he's the truth, the life, and the way. That is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for Jesus. The heir of the kingdom which is promised to them that love him. It's not that we're asking God to give us his kingdom. It is that God has promised us a kingdom, brothers and sisters. We are the heir of his promise. Why will we inherit his kingdom? Because he promises to us. And all God is asking you and I is to believe Him. That's what he's asking us. He's asking us to believe his word. He's asking us, brothers and sisters, to hold on to his promise to believe that his promise of truth, praise you, Lord, and that he, if he made that promise to us, which he did, he made those promises to us, he's not going to fail us ever. And his promises are going to come to pass because God is not a man that he will lie. He is not the son of man that he will repent. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. He loves us so much. Brothers and sisters, he lost us so much, and he is now like the devil. No way, he's holy and pure. Praise you, God! Everything he made promise to us, he's going to bring it to pass. He's going to make it come to pass because he made that that promise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God! Now let's let's go now down to His Word. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, James 2.20, but without un- understanding or without vain men, but thy faith which is without work is dead. Brothers and sisters, if we tell God, I believe you, if we tell Jesus, I believe your promise, I believe your word, now what would the Lord seek to see in your life if you say to him you believe him? If you tell God in prayer you believe him? What will God be looking to see in your life? Action. Action. If you tell God you believe him, God will seek that you are praying, that you are fasting, that you are believing his word. If you say to God, God, I believe your word, God is going to say, where is your prayer life now? Where is your prayer life? Where is your fasting life? Where is your consecration life? Where is your thy holiness and righteousness? Because the holiness and righteousness of the Christ is Jesus Christ. Are you coming to Jesus? Are you repenting your sin? Are you asking the Lord every day to help you not to sin? Are you asking the Lord to help you to keep His commitment? Are you asking the Lord to help you to be holy, to help you to be righteous, to help you to be faithful? Are you praying? that you don't want to have no pride in your life, that you want to be meek, you want to be humble, you want to be like Jesus, you want to be like the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, be thou perfect like thy father that is in heaven. Are you seeking to be perfect like your father that is in heaven? All these things need to be in our prayer life. And God is seeking to those men and women that say to him, I love you. What is your action? I believe in you. Where is your action? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. He's seeking the action in our life that we are proclaiming through our mouth that we have. Because when you say, I'm a believer, God looks for the fruit of the Spirit. When you say, I believe your word, God looks for the fruit of your word. Are you, do you have those fruit? Are you showing God? That when you say you believe him, you pray and you fast. This is how the prophet in all time did. When they say they believe in God, what did they do? Brothers and sisters, they prepare. They fasted. They pray, They saw the face of God. Brothers and sisters, it's what they did. Because it's what showed God that they are serious. It shows God that they are serious. Hallelujah. God is not pleased in those that say they are, but He sees no action in their life. They say they believe, but where is your prayer life? They say they are God's church. Where is your dedication, sanctification, your purification? Are you staying from the things of the world, from the sinful things of the world? How much as you're asking the Lord to help you? Because he told his disciple in John fifteen, without me there's nothing you can do. Praise the Lord. In other words, seek the Lord for his help. Seek the Lord to help you. Walk by faith. Live by faith. It is only Jesus that can help us, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the faith of Noah. And Hebrew Chapter 11, verse 7 says, By Noah, being warm of God, of those things which were not just seen, move with reverence, and prepare the ark to the saving of its household, to which the ark, he condemned the world well, and was made heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. What does is, what is the Bible say when it says that he, he condemned the world? Well? Well, he was so faithful to God. And what he did, he showed to God that men could come to him by faith. Men could prepare. Men could move by reverence, by the fear of God. He chose to. The other men could have chosen as well to do it. So he condemned them. Praise the Lord. By showing God he could, God could see that everyone could do it. But Noah chose to do it. They chose not to do it. Which, that's the difference. What are you choosing to do? It's what you're showing God, by faith, that you believe him. That you're you're waiting for Jesus. I thank you, Lord. By faith, Abraham, when he was called obey God, to go into a place which he should afterward receive from inheritance. and went out knowing whether he went. Not knowing whether he went. Knowing not whether he went. Abraham had no idea where he was going. Abraham had no idea where he was going, but he believed God. God told him to go out. Okay, Lord. Family, prepare your tent. Prepare the mule. Prepare the donkey. Prepare the horse. Prepare the sheep. Prepare the clothing. Prepare your back, and let's move. Let's move, family. Wife, let's move. Sons, let's move. He prepared his household to move. Let's get out of here. God said, let's move. Let's go. Let's get things ready. All right, let's move. Let's let's put things on the donkey. Let's let's do what God, God is calling us to move. Let's move. Let's get the bag on top of the donkey. Slay. Move, move, move. God says, move. Let's move. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is saying, it's coming. And people are busy doing something else. Instead of being busy, prepared to receive the Lord, to be ready to cut up in the air, they're doing something else. And we got an example of Noah. God told him he was going to destroy his generation. All right, wife. All right, children. Let's make this ark that God told us to make. Let's get the wood ready. Let's get the wood on the donkey and the animal. Let's bring the wood together. Let's assemble all the wood here. Let's get all the glue. Let's get everything we need. Let's get this ark ready. Thank you, Jesus. That was what pleased God. They, with the action they took and showed God the faith they had. It showed the generation to come the faith they had. They moved by faith. They did not put it off. You know what I'm doing now? I'm preparing to what Jesus has told me is coming. Praise the Lord. I'm preparing here in Asheville, North Carolina, to what Jesus is telling me is coming. He already told me it's coming. I'm preparing with my family and I. We're preparing with food, with the things we're going to need in an emergency. He showed me martial law is coming. We're preparing. He showed me there's judgment coming before the rapture. We are preparing we're getting ready. Praise the Lord because I believe God. Because I walk by faith. I lead by faith. I'm preparing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. God is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy, faith, Sarah, also receives strength to conceive seed. In the words, she had no strength to have this child because she was in old age. But she believed. Husband said, what? You're going to have a child soon? Praise the Lord, she believed. Although she laughed first. Hallelujah. She laughed. Praise the Lord. Because she was in her own age. But she believed. She believed God. She believed what God told him. She believed what Jesus told him. And what she do? She began to prepare for her child. Why do children need a crib? Let's get the crib ready. What does she need? Clothing? Let's get the clothing ready. What do they need? Milk? Pot of milk? Let's get the powder milk. Well, in that, that time, they may not have powder milk, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that, North. I can see martial law 100%, brother. Yes, it's coming. The Lord's show me that soon to come is judgment. Partial bankruptcy and martial law is coming. And he's not only has shown me several hundreds of people. I mean, put it up on Facebook see the hundreds of people. I was putting it up. Hundreds of people literally have seen judgment to come in the U.S. And why are people asleep? Anointed people have seen it. And why are people asleep? Praise the Lord, because they don't want to prepare. They want to be lazy. There's a lot of laziness in God among God's people, the Lord told me. Laziness, lazy to pray, lazy to fast. Lazy to do all these things. When we call people here to do fasting, you won't believe all of the excuses that people are writing to me. Not to fast, and they ask me to do it for them. Laziness. Laziness. If we ask people to come, that we're going to have enough food and enough meat for everyone to eat, hundreds and thousands of people will come. But if, when it's for fasting, excuses, excuses, and excuses, they make. Laziness, brothers. Hallelujah. And people don't realize how lazy they are. We need to repent for laziness. We need to rebuke that spirit of laziness. Hallelujah. We need to rebuke that in Jesus' name. We need to rebuke that spirit of laziness and have excuses. And ask the Lord to give us the strength to help us to do this and prepare as they prepare. They did not set a round of way. They did not set a round of way. They prepare. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. They prepare. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 17 By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac when he was a tribe so that he received the promise of the only begotten son. Isaac, again, is a type of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And what God was going to do, give up his son to die on the cross was shown through Isaac when he called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, his only son, God called Isaac, Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac. And what did Abraham do? All right, let's prepare the donkey. Let's get the word. Let's get the knife. And let go to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. He did not hesitate brothers He got early in the morning, prepared the sun, prepared the word, let us go. Father, where are we going? God will provide the sacrifice by faith. And he went out to sacrifice his son. And when the angel of the Lord saw Abraham taking out a knife, ready to behead his own son, Abraham, hold on, do not harm the child. It pleases God that thou believe, Abraham. Thank you, Jesus Oh, that Abraham move That Abraham move It pleases God His obedience His obedience before God Pleases God Because Abraham was told what to do And Abraham moved And God was pleased by his obedience You see, when you move When you prepare Brothers and sisters When you prepare When you move You please God Because that's what he wants you and I to do. Pray. Even if God repents later on and decide not to bring the judgment, because He has done this. Even if He repents and decide not to bring the judgment, unless you and I move by faith, and that will please God. That alone will please God. Even if people repent later on and God's Hallelujah repent of the judgment He already declared, because He has done this, and decide not to bring the judgment anytime soon. Praise the Lord, at least we have been obedient. And you don't know what obedient child is holding upon in heaven. It is it is hold very high when we the bride of Christ are obedient to God. Because we don't see God necessarily, brothers and sisters. We believe by faith. And we move by faith. And everything we do is by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Abraham was tested by God. He was being tested, but Abraham didn't know that. When God tells us, you and I, he don't tell us, oh, this is a test, my son and my daughter. No. He'll tell us what to do. He'll tell us, prepare t- that I'm going to do this. And he will be in testing. see certain others, but we don't know. Abraham had no idea what God was doing. But he said, sacrifice your only son Isaac. Praise you, Lord. And he moved by faith. And when he took out the knife and was about to behead Isaac, thank you, Jesus. The angel of the Lord says, do not harm the child. Praise you, Jesus. Hold on, Abraham, and do not harm the child. What was God doing? He was testing his his son, Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. God wants us to be obedient. He calls us to do it now. We do it. Although he might repent, we do it. Because he wants obedience. He wants obedience from you and I. Thank you, Jesus. Although some people may be laughing later on saying to you, oh, I knew nothing was going to happen. No, that's being disobedient. God is not pleased with that person who said, well, I didn't prepare because he had done this before. He never did anything, so I didn't prepare. Oh, disobedient. That is disobedient. You will have very little in heaven. If you ever get to heaven and you live this way, you will have very little in heaven. When the time comes for the Lord to give you your reward, he's going to tell you, that's your house there. That's your house right there. Lord, but that's a house for a pig. No, that's your house. That's your mansion there. Lord, but that's a house for a pig or a chicken. That's your house because you never walk by faith. You never believe me and Lord when I told you to do this and that. It's by faith, brothers and sisters. It's by faith. And do not question God. Abraham did not question God. He obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. He obeyed. He obeyed. And you will be rewarded for your obedience. Remember that. He will reward you for your obedience in heaven. You'll receive great reward in heaven. And you'll be like, Lord, but what is all this reward? Lord, what is all this gift you have for me? My daughter, my son, because what I told you, you listen, you obey, and you prepare. Receive your reward. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, showed me in heaven. I remember, look, my son, all the reward I have for my children. And when I looked, a huge warehouse in heaven, full of pallets of pallet bags. In heaven, be moved by redeems. brothers and sisters, and, and all these. I could not see all the gifts that were there, because they are for those people who are going to receive them. But in one of the side of the warehouse, Jesus points and says. Those there are yours, my son. And I look And I look of all those gifts there. They were packed. They are like packing gifts that you cannot see what's inside. Because only at the wedding, when we get raptured at the wedding, when we depart, the departure, brothers and sisters, when we depart and we meet Jesus in the end, we go into heaven with Jesus, our leader, our rabbi, our chief, when we go in with Jesus and he gives us our reward, we're gonna. I'm. I'm wrapped by a reward in heaven. It's gonna be awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's gonna reward your obedience. He says it. He says that. In, in, hallelujah. In Revelation 22, my reward is with me to give according according to each one of them. Hallelujah. According to Thy work. the work is what you do. Your action, move for Jesus. Move for God, and prepare like Noah. Like Abraham, prepare. Thank you, Jesus. That was so awesome. So so awesome. Thank you, Lord. We need to prepare. We need to move. Hallelujah. James 2.21, was not Abraham our father justified through works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See, as he moved and offered up his son, hallelujah, took the knife. Bow the sun. Prepare the word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He took out the knife to kill Isaac, to offer him as a sacrifice. The angel said, do not harm the the child. Why did he jail with such an urgency? Why did he stop Abraham with such an urgency? Why? Because God knew that Abraham would have beheaded Isaac. That's the faith that Abraham had. He was not kidding around. Whatever God told him to do, he will do. He will move. He will get it done. He's not like so many Christians today that God tells them to prepare for judgment, and they're still questioning whether there's going to be any judgment. Oh, that is so disobedient to God. God is so disobedient. God wants obedience for each and one of us. Obedient. You can never give God more than what God can give you. We need to be Obedient. I thank you, Jesus. Verse 22. See that now that the faith brought with him works, and through the word was faith made perfect. You want to grow in faith? You want your faith to be made perfect? You need to move. You need to have action in your life. You need to move for the Lord. You need to prepare. You need to be seeking the Lord. You need to be in prayer. You need to be fasting. You need to be sanctifying your life for Christ, brothers and sisters. Those are the actions that God is seeking for you and I in this last day. Daily repentings, because we sin daily. Much we need much repenting, brothers and sisters. If we were not, if we did not, if we did not sin so much, why would in heaven we don't need repentance? Because there's no sin in heaven. That's why. But I'm earth we need lots of repenting because we have a lot. We sinned a lot. That's why when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, thank you, Lord. I want to touch something here in verse 22. James said that the faith of Abraham was made perfect. In other words, that your faith, that my faith can be perfect if we obey God and we move and we have action. You have a lot of Christians saying no one can be perfect. Oh, you are so wrong if you think this way. Because everything is possible with God. I can do all things through Christ. Stop the Apostle Paul who threatened me. And if you say you cannot, that's your level of faith. But all things are possible with God. Your faith can be perfect in Christ. If you have action, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You can be perfect in Christ in faith. Christ can make you perfect in him by faith because all things are possible with God. I can do all things to Christ who's threatened me. I thank you, Jesus. As I asked the Lord the other night, Lord, please take me to the millennium. I needed some rest. I needed to rest in his presence. As Jesus took me to the millennium and let me spend hours in the millennium contemplating his work, resting in his presence, as the Lord brought me back, I began to believe how much the Lord can do in our life when we believe. That's what I what I began to meditate. As I saw what the Lord did with me. I began to meditate what God can do in our life. A dear sister was telling me this past week, brother Elvi, You know, I prayed that the Lord take me to take me to heaven for a while, and finally He did. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus, sister was saying. I saw Jesus. I saw him. Praise the Lord. I, uh, No, no. He didn't take her to heaven. He saw, she saw Jesus is what she was telling me. She saw Jesus finally. And she, she was telling me, hallelujah, how she saw Jesus, brothers and sisters. How beautiful his eyes looked, his hair, his face looked. He's indescribable. But she finally saw him. How long that she wanted to see him, if she would have spoke with Christian with little faith or none, they would have told her it was impossible but she 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 is a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, and when people say to me, "Can I see the Lord?" I say, "Yes, you can pray and fast and seek him i don't think I don't discourage people from 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 really coming close to God, even being taken to heaven in a different part of heaven. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's not me. It's not in my heart. It's not in my life. I rebuke those that do that. And I don't get together with those that do that because there's a lot of people that discourage people. A lot of people say, I wish I, be, I, I can be taken to heaven. They say, oh, no, that's not possible. Only the prophet God did that too. That is a lie. And a lie from the pit of hell, brothers and sisters. And I don't associate with people who say, oh, that you cannot do that. You cannot be taken to heaven. You cannot be taken to the millennium. On the contrary, lots of people that begin to listen to the Lord's hour have been taken to the millennium, have been taken to heaven, has been have seen Jesus, and the Lord is talking to them with an audible voice. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. All things are possible with Christ. I can do all things to Christ who's threatening me, brothers and sisters. I thank you, Jesus. I say this, I remember, in a message for the power of God move, and God healed many people and saved many people and baptized people in the Holy Spirit, with his Holy Spirit in tongues. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. As I was preaching, the Lord put it in my heart to say that I can do all things to Christ. And when they looked at me, the Lord came in my life, and it was so powerful. And Jesus began to baptize and save people at that moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Praise you, Lord. It's what I live that I share. I'm not going to share something I'm not living in Christ. It's what I see the Lord almost every day do in my life that I share with you. I'm not going to come here and tell you something that is not happening in my life, that's nonsense and foolishness and, and lie. I'm not going to come here and lie to you. I'm going to come here and share with you what the Lord is doing in my own life. Thank you, Lord. And if the Lord can do it with me, if the Lord can do it with friends, with people that, that, that are around me, with friends that are close with me, he can also do it with you. I, I know people from different states. I talk to people, brothers and sisters, from different states almost every day. Praise the Lord. I tell you this. I speak with people from different states almost every day. I speak with people almost every week from different countries, whether through Facebook, through email, through the phones, I know people almost from every single country, and I don't want to be prideful about this. I'm sorry if you think I'm being prideful. But I'm telling you, they share with me what God is doing in their life through the Lord's hour. God is doing an amazing things in people's life. As they hear the Lord's hour, they go into prayer. They go into fasting. They go into seeking the Lord, and then they see what the Lord is doing in their life. They see what the Lord is doing it in their life. I had a pastor in my house yesterday, whose daughter listen was backsliding and came back to the Lord through the Lord's hour. I thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And the and the daughter told the pastor what happened, and the pastor contacted me last year, and said my daughter came to the Lord through you. Through you, the Lord used you. One of your message for my daughter to come to to the Lord. I want to need you, LV. Can I meet you? Can I come to your house and meet you in North Carolina? I said, why not? You can come. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. And they came. And we, we've been great good friends after that. And the Lord, and we pray together. Praise the Lord. And God moved. He has invited me to his church. And God have healed people and saved people. The Lord Jesus, I come there. And they, they love me so much. I love them so much, too. Praise the Lord. God can do so much if you believe. You just need to believe. But in order for you to receive, to believe and receive, you need to have action in your life. You need to have action. You need to seek the Lord with your heart. Lean on, and not on your own understanding, but understand that the Lord can make all things possible in your life. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. i see great miracle in people's lives over the years. Praise the Lord. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I believe that what happened last year, the year before, 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 is past. I want to see greater things than what I've seen so far. i think seen God have raised the dead through my own hand. I've seen God bringing the soul practically from the pit of hell back into the body and bringing the, the body back alive. I've seen that with my own life. And other witnesses there, too. Praise the Lord. I want to see more. I wonder what else can God do. <laughs> I wonder what else he can do, if he can raise the dead. I've seen people, in hallelujah, in the emergency at the hospital, different hospital, God has sent me there, God has raised the dead. I wonder what else God can do. I've seen God baptize people in tongues. I wonder what else God can do. I have seen God giving people a gift of healing, gift of miracle. Almost almost every single gift. I wonder what else I can do now. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. I'm looking to see more. Praise you, Jesus. You see, I've seen so much already, but I know there's so much I, I, I could see it also. So I wonder what else he could do. I've already seen him. Some people say, you've already seen it all, brother. No, I'm not. There's still so much I, I, I need to see the Lord do in people's lives. I've seen the Lord taking someone. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. I seen the Lord taking a man that thought that his life can never change, be arrested from by the authority in prisons, praying over this man, and seeing this man, a man that was a gangster, that was out there, ready to kill anybody or ready to be killed by anyone, selling drugs. I seen God change this man into an honest man and into a man of God and a family man who, who he would never be born, an honest man who's back to work now for the first time. I've seen, I seen people who have told me, all oh, I did all my life was sell drugs until this moment. Praise you as they give the light to Jesus. And after that, I've seen what God has done afterward. Turn them into good men. Hallelujah. Men are good now. Men are good for the community. Before, they were drug sellers. Now they, they God, has changed them into good men, men that were willing to help the community, that had given their influence to the community. I thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord. But the, when I, when I was sent there by God, they thought I was funny. They thought I was funny. They thought someone thought I was crazy. And a few years after, Hallelujah! After their life was changed by the Lord. Some the majority baptized by the Lord, hallelujah. We started with men, gangster, all all kinds of people from the street. One time in the prison, I told them that by the time God was going to take us out of there, they will be changed men. And they look at me like, "Where does this guy come with this message from?" A year after, they were changed by the power of God. God moved. And when they felt that strong power of God, hallelujah, moving their life, something they never felt before, things they never seen before, their, their life turned from non-believer to believer, and finally said, oh, they re- they surrendered their life to the Lord, and their life would change. Praise to Lord completely by the Lord. And became came to be good men. And a lot of those men are minister today. Uh, one one of the men, are, are, are a great pastor in Florida today. Thank you, Lord. I've been invited by him to visit his church. Praise the Lord. But I, I have not gone. But, uh, you know, I have meditated that I need to go there. Thank you, Lord. Testify what the Lord did in his life and what the Lord has done in my life and what the Lord can do in many other people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. As God changed his life many years ago. Hallelujah. He, he, he began to work in a church with over, what, 100 or 200 people. And in a few months, God had turned the church into over 400 people, 454 people in Florida. Thank you, Lord, under the power. He learned to know Jesus. And once you learn the master and you believe what the Lord can do, he can do in other people. And as he began the work of God, he went to people's home and prayed for them. And God moved. And God began to change the neighborhood. Thank you, Lord. I heard the testimony of what God did in his life afterwards, because it was a brother who in Massachusetts, was in contact with him after. Praise the Lord. That God is awesome. God can do anything. Hallelujah. And I have seen lots, but I think there's a lot more I need to see that God can do in people's life. And I tell people all things are possible with God. Thank you, Jesus. I seen broke men and women that have given their life to the Lord, and the Lord have provided and had very good job today. Thank you, Lord. Very good home, very good card. People could not afford a card for five hundred dollar. Hallelujah! Got thousands of dollar card or brand new card. The Lord have made it possible in their life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. The Lord can do anything, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. People that were broke, that have nothing, that they, they could pull their packet to you or show you the wallet if they had one and show you how broke they were. Not a penny in the bank. And God changed their life. And God provided job, And they weren't in work and they got promoted. And now they got great possession. Because all things are possible with God. It's with God. It's Jesus coming in your heart. It's Jesus coming in your life. Jesus walking with you. And Jesus beginning to change you. Change your belief. Going from doubt to believe. To believe. To greater faith. To believe to greater things. Thank you, Lord. He can take you for the little. Hallelujah. Begin with a master's seat. But once that seed is planted in the field, that is Christ, that is God, it begins to grow, and your life begins to change. And he changed you for the best. I thank you, Lord. He changed you to be a better woman. He'll change you to be a a better wife. Hallelujah. A better employee or a better employer. Thank you, Lord. He'll change your life for the best, for the better. Glory. You'll give him glory. When God gets a hold of your life, when Jesus begins to change your life, you will give him glory. Because he's the search of the glory. He'll change you. He'll transform your life. He'll make your life better. Your life may be better now, but he can make it better. He can change your life from better to better. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He can give you favor, his favor. Hallelujah! In His favor, in your life, my goodness, He can take you to place where you thought you never could be. Can go on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God can do so much. God can do so much. Praise you, Lord. We need to get with Jesus. You need to get with the Lord. Repent your sin. Get on your knees, whatever you are now, and repent. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There was a homosexual young man that that was listening to the Lord Tower to one of his friends computer. One of his friends had the Lord Tower on. And as he began to listen, he began to be convicted of his sinful life. And he began to repent. And he find he asked the friend, What is this email? I wanna to write to him. And he wrote to me what happened. And he says, my friend had you on the computer. I was listening to you. And I was being convicted to repent of my sinful life. I've been a homosexual for so long, he says. And I'm repenting. I'm broken for God now. I'm being broken. Why am I being broken this way? I've never been to church before. Why am I being broken as I listen to you? And I said, is the Lord working in your life? Praise the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Thank you there. I have a judge, a judge writing to me right now. A sister, she's a judge, brothers and sisters. Can you believe that? A judge. I had a dentist. I have a dentist who plays who plays my program in his office, and people get touched. Praise the Lord. He ministered through 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 the through the, through, through the program. He puts the program on 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 his computer, and his patient come in and listen to the to, to the program. Right now, I have a judge that just wrote to me. She's a "Judge." She told me she's a judge. Praise the Lord. She listened to the Lord's hour faithfully. Praise the
0: Lord.
5: Isn't God great? I had a professor also. I think, I think it were two professors for two different universities that, that came to the Lord through the Lord's hour. It don't matter whom they are, lawyers. I got friends, lawyers, hallelujah, that faithfully listen to the Lord's hour too. Praise you, Lord. It don't matter whom they are, brothers and sisters. The Lord is bringing them. The Lord is saving them. The Lord is rescuing them. Because everyone is noticing that something is about to happen and that they need Christ. They need Jesus in their heart and life. And a lot of people are wondering what is going on. What is happening? Why do you feel that judgment is about to come in your heart, in your life? What is the shaking that some people feel in them? And is God quickening them to come. I have a few rabbis, two rabbis, real rabbis, that listen to the Lord's Tower. One of the rabbis says to you, I, I found interesting. I just had one write to me. I think it was yesterday or today. One of the rabbis was writing to me, listening to the Lord's Tower. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord! God is touching anyone. It don't matter who. Arabs are listening to the Lord's Tower. Jehovah Witnesses are listening to the Lord's Tower. Catholic listening to the Lord's Tower. Praise! You. That's why I tell people: don't offend anyone here. Preach to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Do not offend them. Do not offend them. Praise you, Lord! Priests are listening to the Lord's Tower. I have a priest from Florida. Hallelujah, that's, that's faithfully been listening to the Lord's Tower for over a year now. He's a priest. He listened to the Lord's Tower. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. You know, what? one of the things he mentioned to me, there are some people that come here and they offend people. Why don't they do that? Why don't they just share the word? Why don't they just share the Lord and let people decide, he says to me. And I said, I agree with you. I agree with you. Thank you, Lord. You don't need to offend anyone. Preach on Jesus. Bring them the gospel of salvation. Tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that no one can come to the Father except through him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So some of them only come when I come on the Lord's towers. Praise the Lord. They tell me, we love to listen to you. Praise you, Lord. Imagine preach out of Rome Listening to the Lord's hour life, the priest was telling me that some, some of the people in Rome, in the Catholic Church, listen to the Lord's hour. So he also put the Lord's hour and finds it interesting. He finds that interesting. <laughs> I said, you see, it is the Lord touching them. It is the Lord bringing them. Thank and they don't need to come on the shot room. Not, they don't need to. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. It's God touching people's hearts. God touching people's life. Why? Praise you, Lord. Because God is calling anyone. God is calling anyone. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. There was a brother, I don't want to say his name. He was talking to this brother who owns a company in Washington, D.C. Praise you, Lord. And when he told him about Elvi, he says, You're talking about Elvi from the Lord Tower? He told him, Yes, I listened to the Lord Tower. This 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 guy from Washington. Praise the Lord. People in Washington D C listen to the Lord Tower. How do you like that? You see brothers and sisters, praise you Lord. People there close to the White House. I had a a, 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 a brother in law who worked in the Capitol too in Washington and he told some of the religious leader about me also. hallelujah, praise the Lord, how I was on the radio. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe that's the way they, they found out about me. Praise the Lord. But the Lord has put in favor on this program. It has people from Europe, all over the world, and all over the United States to listen to this program. Praise you, God. And they can tell you what is of God if God is moving because they are being touched by God. They are being quickened to repent. They are quicken, They are being quickened to repent and seek the Lord and prepare. They'll be inquiring to repent their sins, brothers and sisters, because we all need the Lord. We all need Jesus, brothers and sisters. That's why. We were all created by him. John 1, 1, 1, 2. By him, all things were created. And without him, nothing was. Without Messiah, there was nothing. God used his own son, Messiah, to create everything. We are tied with Messiah. We are one with Messiah and creation. When we were created with Jesus, that means we will be tied with Jesus forever, brothers and sisters. Because without him, nothing can be. Nothing can exist. That means you are nine. all creation, is tied with Jesus. It's tied with Messiah Jesus, with Messiah Yeshua. We are all tied with him. Although he's at the right hand of the Father, we are tied with Messiah Jesus. Because Father God used him to create you and I to form us in the womb of our mother. Again, the Lord told me today to remind his people that they are unique. That there is not two of them in all creation. That you are special to him. It's a word he says to me. Tell them that they are special to me. They are unique and they are special. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember, my dear sister. Remember, my dear brother, you are special. There is not two of you in all God creation. If you feel down, don't be If you feel left alone, don't be. If you feel that no one loves you, God loves you. Jesus loves you. If you feel alone, the Lord is with you. Christ is with you. If you feel that there's no one in your life, Jesus is in your life. If you receive him as your personal Savior. If you feel no one loves you, Jesus loves you. If you feel there's no one in your life special, Jesus is special. And he's in your life and he wants to love you, and he wants you to love him back too. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Jesus loves you, and you are special to him, to Jesus. You are special to Father God. Thank you, Lord. Commit your life to him. Commit your life to him. I thank you, Jesus. Don't let anyone tell you that you're not good. That you worth anything that's a lie to the devil that is a lie from the pit of hell. you are special, and if you are lost, something special is lost. It will hurt God if you are lost because he loves you. It will hurt Jesus very much if you are lost, if you are lost, it will hurt Jesus very much because he loves you, and you are so special, and it's not true of you and not by creation. Prepare your life with Jesus. Prepare your life and repenting. Thank you, Jesus. James 2.23 23 said, The scriptures was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Isn't that awesome that you can be the friend of God? Hallelujah. Your relationship with God. You can be his friend. Jesus Christ is my friend. You can be his friend in relationship. I thank you, Lord. But that's when you fulfill, which said Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. What he believed, what he did, moved God in his life to cleanse and prepare his life to heaven, brothers and sisters. That's what God will do for you and I. If you believe God, if you seek Jesus, He will prepare your life for you to come home. depart your earth to heaven. Thank you Jesus, Jesus loves you, Yeshua loves you. the Messiah loves you and wants you to be with Him. The Messiah loves you. The Messiah loves you, Jesus loves you, It don't matter what you are. You might be in the Catholic church. You might be, hallelujah, in a place where you're trying to see God. But somehow you don't feel his presence. Somehow you don't feel close to God. But you can get on your knees wherever you are right now and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I repent of my sin. I believe you die and were raised on the third day according to the scriptures, according to the word of God. I'm sorry I my sin, Jesus. I repent my sin. I give my life to you. Come into my heart and live in me, Lord. I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my life, Jesus. And the Lord will change your heart and life. The Lord will make you a new creature, Amen. a new creation, a new man, a new woman. He will change you. He will change your heart and life. He will live in you. You will not be alone. You will have a great partner, a great friend in your heart and your life. It will be Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The Messiah will live in you, He will live in you. Thank you, Lord. Now you don't need to pray to Mary or Buddha or Muhammad or Allah. Now you can pray to Jesus Christ. You can pray to Father God through the Son. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Jesus said. It will be given to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he also said. I thank you, Lord. Jesus wants to answer the prayers of your heart, the petition of your heart. They may be many, but he doesn't have a problem answering them all. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by what you and I are limited by. Jesus Christ is not bound by any of these things. I thank you, Lord. Yesterday when I was taken to the millennium, what a strength I received in the presence of Jesus. I was in the presence of Jesus, hallelujah, for all those hours, and I had such a tremendous peace, tremendous love. I was being loved by Jesus. He was giving me rest. You know, I needed that rest. He was giving me the rest in the millennium as he took me there. And I was delighting on how he's going to renew the earth. He's going to renew the earth. He's going to make all things new as he promised. Hallelujah. He promised he would. Hallelujah. And he's not a man that he will lie. To. Hallelujah. He will make all things new. We can believe that. We can expect that because a God is faithful. A God is good. Our God is not a man that he will lie. He has so much in store for you and I. Jesus Christ has so much in store for us. So much in store, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 21, 5 says, And that he that sat upon the throne, that is Jesus Christ, said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these things are faithful. And true. Oh, that is so beautiful. He's going to make all things new in your life, in our life, and on earth soon. He begins with your heart, in my heart. He's making everything new inside of us. That's why He wants us to cry out for Him. Because as you pray, as you fast, as you cry out to Jesus, He begins the work in you. He begins to make you new, oh God. Yes, awesome. He will begin to change us. Praise you, Lord. As Paul went to the Corinthian brothers and sisters in First Corinthians, Hallelujah, five seventeen, the apostle Paul went to the Corinthian, and this is the message he preached to the Corinthian and said, John, Second Corinthians five sixteen and on. Therefore, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yea not henceforward. Now we hear no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, let him be a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. We have Reconcile us to himself by Jesus Christ. He has given unto us a ministry, a reconciliation. Reconciliation, brothers and sisters. We, the world, everyone, is being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ today. Will you give your life to Jesus? Friends, any friend listening, give your life to Jesus. And you will be reconciled with God through Christ. You'll come to heaven, to Christ. Christ will bring you to the Father because no one can come to the Father except through him. Christ will bring you to the Father. I remember the other night when Jesus showed me a way, the narrow way that we all talked about so much. And Jesus was showing me the narrow way. And as I was looking in the spirit the narrow way, I saw Jesus walking in the narrow way. And Jesus says to me, I am the narrow way. And I rejoiced. And he's right. His Bible said, that he is the way. He is the narrow way that we all walk through every day, brothers and sisters. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an awesome Savior God has given us, brothers and sisters. What an awesome Savior. What a great Savior. What a great Savior Father God has given us, brothers and sisters. We can be so. Hallelujah. We can be so joyful in Him. We can have so much joy in Him, brothers and sisters. He wants us to rejoice in Him. He has so much to give us through His Holy Spirit, His Ruach Kadesh. His Ruach Holy Spirit in us, quicken us to seek Him, quicken us to repent, quicken us to come closer to Him. Because now is the time. We are being quickened to come closer to the Lord. We are being quickened to repent. We are being quickened as a bride of Christ to prepare because Jesus is-